Well, good morning. Hope that you had a great weekend. Today is Monday, August the 29th. Let's go ahead and continue our study in the Epistle of Galatians. Last week we introduced it and looked and, and went through verses 1 and 2. So let's read that. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Now the word grace, the word grace appears seven times in these six chapters. It is the main theme of the book. That is because salvation is by grace. Salvation does not come by the law. Remember, Jesus was in the garden and he said in Matthew 26, 39, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. He had no sooner said these words when in Matthew 26, 47, and while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs came from the chief priests and the elders of the people. The answer to his prayer was that there was no other way to salvation for man but by his death on the cross. So understand, if the law could save us, Jesus did not have to go to the cross. His death would have been in vain. The Bible refers to this as grace. An acronym for grace that I've always been taught is God's righteousness at Christ's expense. By, by definition, the word grace simply means unmerited favor. It simply means that God loves you even when we are unlovable. He offers salvation to us even though we could never afford it and will never deserve it. Grace is that free gift which is given to people who do not deserve it. It is unmerited. There, that means there's nothing that we could have done to have earned it. We couldn't study enough. We couldn't love enough. We couldn't be faithful enough. There's nothing we could do. We couldn't have kept the law. We couldn't have you know, done all those self-righteous things that many times the church teaches that we need to do. None of those things, while they are good in and of themselves, they do not, will not, cannot earn us salvation. Salvation is a free gift. It is God's righteousness given to us at Christ's expense. Each of us was, or still is possibly, an enemy of God, and yet God has chosen to love us anyway. We just do not know that kind of love. It is spoke of in Isaiah 64, 6 when it says, but we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. There is nothing, all of our righteousnesses, and in other words, anything that Duane can do that is good is as filthy rags compared to the grace of God, and it's just going to fade away like a leaf. It's going to blow away like the wind. There is nothing that we can do to impress God. 
Grace is God's unmerited favor. You see, our sin disqualified us from being friends of God. Our sin only ensures us of an eternal destiny apart from God. Notice what Paul told the Romans in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And in Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. And in Romans 5.10, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life, Jesus's life. Our salvation comes by his life while we were still yet sinners. Jesus Christ died to pay the penalty of our sins. His death opened up the avenue of reconciliation for us to God. Peter said in his little epistle, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. 1 Peter 3, 18. Jesus suffered one time for our sins, a just one for the unjust ones. That's us. Why? So that he might bring us to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. Every one of us is a picture of God's grace. Just think of your your past for a moment. Of some of of some of us, the world said they're worthless. There's nothing lovable about them. They're trash, the dregs of the earth. But God showed grace on us anyway. He chose to love the unlovable. God decided that we were worth the price of His only begotten son. And in verse four, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God, our father. The bottom line is that God allowed his only son to be killed so that we would be delivered out of this present evil age. All around us, the world is going to hell. Murders and massacres and child abuse and drug abuse and witchcraft and Satanism and terrorism and alcoholism and AIDS. This world that we live in has been and will continue to become more and more evil. But the good news is that God's grace is offered to us to deliver us from this destruction. The question is, will we accept God's way of escape that he has offered to us through his son? The only way of escape is through the son of God. Verse number five, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. To God be the glory. We can't take any of the credit. There was nothing that we did to qualify us for this salvation. And in verse 6, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you 
in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not really another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Remember that grace is God's unmerited favor upon us. It is the fact that God, number one, loved us when we despised him. Number two, adopted us as his children anyway, in spite of us. Number three, sent his son to pay the penalty for our sins before we even knew we had sins. God gave us everything when we deserved nothing. However, as human beings, we have a tendency to corrupt everything. And with grace, the Bible addresses two problems that we as sinful human beings introduce. First, we tend to abuse grace. I've heard people say, if I'm saved by grace, not by my works, then I can sin all I want, all I want to. No, it doesn't work that way, my friend. These are the teachings of the ungodly. In June, in Jude, verse number four, for certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turn the grace of God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our, and our Lord Jesus Christ. When we sin and we know better, we are turning the grace of God into something lewd and we're denying the Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And secondly, we tend to think that we must perform religious rituals and obey rules and regulations in order to be deserving of our salvation. That is the opposite. In the New Testament, men who thought this were called Judaizers. These men taught that faith in Christ was not sufficient in and of itself, but one must keep the law of Moses and be circumcised. They believed in salvation, yes, no doubt, in Jesus Christ, but they also taught that the law must be kept as well to maintain it. That attitude is still very common in the church today. Judgments are made against people who enter the doors of the church all the time. Look at him. He needs a haircut. Look at her. She needs to learn how to dress. Hey, I thought that grace was undeserved. It is not what is it is not that we take the first few steps and then God jumps in. It is that God is the initiator. He is the one that went and found Eve and Adam in the garden. They hid it was God who took the first steps of reconciliation with Adam and Eve. Instead of coming to God and saying, I'm sorry, Adam hid himself. And so the message of the Judaizers was very dangerous. It was not the gospel. It was a different gospel. And today, too many are preaching a similar gospel, which is really no gospel at all. It is a message of good works to earn salvation, good works to deserve salvation, good works to keep salvation.